Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode is Face Off. So let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And we, for the first time in almost two years, are in the same room recording a podcast. Well, it's interesting that the topic today is Face Off because we're actually facing off against each other in this podcast room. So this is not only together, but we're in high tech world. We are. And uh, we just met a few uh, new friends of ours. We're in uh, Staples Studio in uh, Dorval Crossing in Oakville. And we're testing out the room today. And it's kind of cool. I brought all my stuff and they have all their stuff here. So there is absolutely no room on the table here. That's right. That's right. But it's kind of cool. Kind of cool to be here. And we look professional. We've actually taken photographs of each other. That's right. <laughs> so funny. It is, it is funny. And we're trying to decide which headphones to wear. It's, it's, a, it's a fashion nightmare, Greg. It is. It is. But we're going to work through it. We're going to work through it. So let's uh, continue on. Uh, Greg and I have both been managers for a big chunk of our uh, professional lives. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a really good discussion today, Greg. I agree. I agree. Because I think these situations that we're going to talk about today are happening more and more. And uh, it's important to be able to reflect upon them and figure out to catch them before they happen. And when they do happen, find out ways to uh, avert them or minimize the impact. I agree. And uh, I think this is something we don't talk about a lot, or if we do, it's in hushed tones with people that we trust where nothing's going to happen with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I agree. So face off. Your manager and one or more of their colleagues are in conflict and you experience all or some of the following. Your boss is in a bad mood. They all are. The conflict has brought many things to a standstill. You are torn because you like and respect everyone involved. People are putting personalities over getting the job done. The place isn't a pleasant place to work. So, Greg, how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, it's so interesting because obviously it it uh, it just crumbles the environment. It it creates such an issue, uh, you know. And sometimes folks don't think that it's bubbling. People think that they're hiding it. It's buried, and we're going to talk about some of that. But but it ripples. It just ripples through the organization. And when you allow emotions to take over, when you allow this this stress to build, when you hold grudges, when you uh, create these kinds of situation, it just spirals up and out of control. And uh, when you're in the storm as a manager, often you don't see it. Uh, until you walk and look back and then all of you see the destruction. It's like a tornado, right? Tornadoes, you know, are just firing all the way through, but they leave a wake of uh, destruction, and this can really leave a significant wake of destruction. I've observed uh, this all throughout all my careers, and I've observed some people that manage this really well and keep a, a handle on it, and there's other people that are so surprised that people know that there's issues. It's like, how could we not know every meeting there's tension, every meeting there's discord? Do you really think nobody noticed that there was, you know, some serious animosity towards different people? 
And uh, I think this is one of those things that, um, you know, it's good to talk about. And I think, especially, you know, you kind of mentioned it, looking in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. It's a really, that's when you really realize what's been going on and then looking forward, some steps that you need to take to make sure that these things are handled. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. I spend a lot of time in this space helping leaders recognize when these things are beginning to bubble up within them because it starts with recognition, Uh, you know, knowing when it happens because it's going to happen. We're humans and we're humans uh, that fear things. And when we fear things, we get possessive and we think we're right. And when we think we're right, that's usually when these things happen. And so uh, key is understanding it and recognizing when it's bubbling up. And I, I spent actually probably a third of my time in coaching is helping people recognize. I call it the um, uh, the Doppler system. You know the Doppler system when you've got the, the news, they say the storm is coming. I, I uh, help people discover their internal Doppler system. When is the storm coming in you? Because if you can figure that out, then you can hopefully mitigate some of these. But let's dive into what are some of the things that we can uh, uh, learn from. Quick comment. You've worked with people dealing with it, like the people involved in the conflict, and I've worked with those people, but the other way. Right, right, exactly. So this is going to be a good conversation today. So what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with the situation? Realize your feelings about the situation and the other person that they're getting in the way of communication. Yeah, so this is really what I just talked about. It is, you know, one of the things that we do know is that everything shows up first in our bodies. And most leaders, most people in general, aren't aware of their feelings, aren't aware of these energy shifts, because we're taught throughout our career just to toughen up and sh- don't show anything and, uh, and just show up stoic, kind of uh, be a leader don't uh, don't be soft, all those kinds of things. You know, Brené Brown does a lot of work around this, around vulnerability and the power of recognizing how things are showing up inside. Uh, the best leaders that I know are the ones that are more self-aware and they recognize the feelings in the situation. But you know what? I do a lot of work around the Enneagram and the Enneagram has three centers of uh, expression, how you action, uh, thinking, action, the body, and feeling. In every team that I'm working with, feeling is underrepresented and underdeveloped. And so this is such a key point. Understand how you're responding. Uh, Viktor Frankl, who is, uh, wrote an amazing book called, uh, um, oh my goodness, I can't believe, Man's Search for Meaning. He has this quote, and I'm going to, I think I've said this quote before, but it's between stimulus and response, there's this beautiful space that's a pause. And within that space is growth and freedom. And uh, humans are the only ones that have this space, but you got to be able to create the space because uh, that's where you discover your feelings and discover what's happening and and hopefully can prevent uh, an overreaction, um, shift from uh, um, uh, upset, anger to curiosity. It can solve so many of these things. I had a boss once, and if they were going into a very difficult meeting where perhaps there's conflict, uh, they would, uh, 15 or 10 or 15 minutes before the meeting would go for a walk, just get themselves centered and go, okay, 
I know what this is going to be like. What do I want from this? How do I want, you know, how do I see this unfolding in a, in a positive way and go in there and kind of just change their mindset a little bit, knowing it's going to be a tough go, mm. but that they don't want that. And they, they have some goals that they actually want to take uh, care of. And, and I've, I saw that happen early in my career. And like every time I go into a meeting where perhaps the bosses don't get along and I'm going to have to sit there and watch the show, or perhaps I have uh, some bad energy between myself and somebody else, I try to do the same thing. Go for a walk, get centered, figure out, okay, what do I want from this? I don't want a yelling thing. I don't want to stand off. I don't want the face off. I want to get stuff done. So what do I really want and what do I really am I going to need to give up to get that to happen? It's it's a powerful, that's a great and powerful statement. There's a, a book that I'm reading right now called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. And one of their core models is something I've used for a long time. It's called Above the Line or Below the Line. And it's exactly what you said, but you got to create a space to reflect, where am I now? So below the line is victim, blaming, um, anger, above the line is curiosity, um, uh, searching for opportunities, um, uh, entering with grace. Um, those are all the things. And we have those choices. Like I said, like Victor Frankl says, that moment of choice. But sometimes and often a physical shift, the walk that you talked about, is 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 what helps you find that space. Then once you're in that space, say, where am I? And as you've said, how do I want to show up? And what what how can I impact this conversation? Um, I agree uh, the walk. The other thing that I, I mentioned, I think, before is some leaders I know have started a one minute of silence before a meeting. Uh, and at first, when the person introduced it, it was like, what are you talking about? What is this, some kind of meditation or whatever? But you know what? There is something about just saying, okay, we're just going to take a minute of silence and breathe, kind of clear out whatever's in the last meeting, think about how you want to show up for this meeting that can help us be the most effective team we can be. Now take some breaths and think about that. Um, they've said that this is one of the most powerful ideas that they've brought into their organization. And it was, they read it somewhere. And this isn't something that they would normally do or anyone would expect them to do, but it's changed everything. And it's just just building upon your idea of how do you create that space and to think about how do I want to show up. That's awesome. I like that minute of silence. It kind of sets the mood in the room, right? It does. And, you know, we all go into meetings with garbage in our heads. Um, so it allows you to just kind of uh, drain out the garbage and don't bring that into it. Because sometimes these face-offs, these, these negative, have nothing to do with the people that you're talking to. They're with, it's other baggage that you brought in the room that you're just applying to it. Cool. I like that. And let's not kid ourselves. Everyone knows what's going on. We're, <sighs> we're not getting away with anything. I love this because, you know, and I've learned this so much in my career, that when I'm churning, I think I'm a great actor. And, uh, and I love those people that say, what is going on with you, Greg? And I'm thinking, what? Well, how, do you, how do you know? You know, it's funny because I was talking to my wife the other day and uh, she, she knows my tells. So apparently uh, when I'm getting churny about something, I kind of suck in one part of my side of my mouth. So I kind of, my tongue kind of goes into my mouth. And, you know, we've been married for 34 years. But I've said lately, I want you to help me see 
when I'm not being completely honest and, of what I'm feeling and bringing that forward. And, I, and she says, well, I know. Uh, she says, I've known for years. It's, it's the, your, your tell. And I said, my tell? What's that? And she says, oh, your, your tongue goes into here. And I, and I said, and it is hilarious. Because she will say, there's the tell. And I'll say, no, I'm not upset. And then I'll pause and I'll say, hmm, yeah, I am kind of crunchy about this. So uh, you're right. Everybody knows what's going on. We just think we're great actors. And let's be honest, there's no Academy Awards handed out at work. No. <laughs> um, you need to reinforce with the team that everything is okay and will be, that you're going to work on it, that you're going to address these things. People know what's going on and they expect you to show leadership. Yeah, this is really key because uh, if you can create an environment, I call it safe, brave spaces. Others call it um, radical candor. Um, there's some great other terms. But if you can create a space that says we're good with being crunchy and sharing when we're not doing well, but we, we want to push through it to get to it is I think it's an old Zen term, but, but how, if, if you create the environment that we're okay with this and, you know, we're going to have crunchy stuff, um, and that's okay. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to deal with it together. Um, that's a great space to create that people are, um, know that it's okay. Cause the worst is when you don't do anything, cause it bubbles up, it seeps up, like you said. And it's important not to bring the team into the fray. If you're having, you know, a face off with somebody, uh, you know, it's your job uh, to protect the team and not drag them into all the, 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 the just a, a terrible atmosphere. Yeah, because, you know, um, most of this stuff, as I said earlier, comes from fear. And fear creates a belief that I'm right. And what often happens is when you have fear and then you think you're right is you try to create allies versus going to the person directly and saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I think and having the direct conversation. And that's the worst thing you can do because building allies creates greater stir. And often we do that with the people we're around. And that's the worst from a lack of integrity. It's not setting the example and it creates other ripple effects. So I'm with you 100%. Don't bring others into the fray. If you've got an issue, Breathe, go for a walk, figure out how you're going to show up, and then be honest and articulate what you're feeling and why you're feeling and what you want. I agree. I agree. Uh, and take counsel on the issue uh, from other people. Like if there's a, an issue that you're dealing with and you're just not being able to work it out with somebody else, talk to your team. What is it we're looking for? And get yourself back into the game about the business that we're doing. I love that because that's almost the opposite of finding allies. It's, it's broadening perspective. So it's, you know, you might say, boy, I felt very frustrated in the meeting or I'm really struggling with what this team is doing right now, that type of thing. And, but I'm, I may not be seeing everything that I need to see. Um, can you give me a perspective? Are you seeing anything different that would help me um, broaden my perspective prior to going and talking to the folks uh, of that other team or that other manager? That's modeling behavior saying, first of all, it's modeling it's okay to say what I'm feeling. And then secondly, it's I want to look for a solution and I want to make sure that I'm not being narrow in my perspective and I value your input. Boy, those are three fantastic things that a leader can do 
um, if they create that pause and choose to do that instead of uh, the other side, which is, oh, let me tell you about this person. Yeah, I like that. And if things are really, uh, if there's a really a log jam, if it is a really bad situation, maybe it's time to find a person acceptable to everyone who's respected by everyone who can get involved and walk everybody through the issues, everyone through the issues. And I think, you know, I've seen this happen a couple of times with just some kind of elders in, in the organizations just sits down and they have a conversation and it's almost like a mediation, but it's more friendly than that. Like obviously both, you know, the main people involved in this respect this person and, and it's amazing how much better behaved people are when this happens. I agree. You know, one of the, uh, uh, the other thing is I use a tool called Colby, which is the way you action and make decisions, especially when you're under pressure and moving forward. And there is a profile in there is called the facilitator. And these are folks that kind of, they're in the middle of all the four types so that they can bridge really well into those four types. Uh, so that is another example. They might not be a wise counselor or respected, but they, there's someone who innately sees across the uh, broad spectrum, and you know that. The other thing that was jumping up for me here is that if you can align up front to how we're going to have these conversations when it really gets crunchy, it is so much better because it's, it's harder to bring in the mediator or even the expert if you're if you're so wound up and you haven't decided that up front, um, I've had many organizations that we've brought in different processes that say when this happens, here's that we're going to how we're going to handle it. And often they'll do that at the beginning. They'll say, "Listen, um, here's the way we're going to really be respectful and bring our issues together." But there's going to be sometimes when it's so crunchy that we can't get there. So when that happens, what is our agreed process to do it? Well, you know what. We both respect Alistair. He's direct. You know, uh, you know, you're a five on the Enneagram. You're going to be very objective. You're going to listen and say that we're going to bring Alistair in because we know that he's someone who will look at the situation very practically, rationally, while still understanding where we need to go. Have that up front to say, oh, then it almost becomes a little bit of a, and it keeps the energy down, the negative energy down, because it's like, oh, Time to call Alistair, I think. What do you think? Yeah, we should call Alistair because we're not getting anywhere on this. And again, it 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 makes those those deep, destructive um, uh, breaks more shallow. They're they're less. They're shorter, and uh, it just provides a pathway forward. I love it, and you see it sometimes in a process when people agree on the process. They can't agree on anything else. That's a win, right? Everybody, right. everybody sees we've actually gained ground. We haven't gone backwards because mm -hmm. every other time we meet, we go backwards mm -hmm. and everybody around us knows it. I love that idea of, okay, how are we going to go forward with this? And it's like, oh, hey, success is in the air. You smell that, folks? Right, right. And, you know, we know because we're humans, we're going to run into bumpy roads because we're humans. We have different experiences and we have different things that we value and uh, and it's going to happen. So why not be thoughtful and planful around how do we uh, get beyond it when it does get really, really crunchy? And the trains have to run. We just can't stop doing what we're doing. We have to service whoever we're servicing, build whatever we're building, you know, consult whoever we consult for. The trains have to keep going. Well, we did a, we did a, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was called a stew. We did a podcast a while back and so much is wasted. 
Uh, you know, some it, it is okay to get angry. It is okay to get frustrated. And we've had some of these podcasts as well. It's okay to express your feelings and be disappointed, be sad, be anxious, all those things. But you got to find a way to bubble those up and really listen to where each other are because that's the only way that those trains are going to keep running because they'll stall for a long period of time or they will go in different directions than they're supposed to be or they'll be a lot slower. Um, and none of those work for anybody and it's, it, it, it hinders everybody. I agree. And keep your cool. Sit on your hands. Do whatever you have to do. Do not say that thing you're going to say. Yeah. You know what? Um, there are timeouts for a reason. And again, you know what? Uh, there are simple ways like saying, you know what? Um, something in this conversation is really triggering me and I'm getting angry. I'm not really sure why, um, but I think I'd like to take five. Can we take five? I want to get, I want to go take a walk. I want to take a reflection. Again, that's modeling away because anger happens. And, uh, Key is how you model as a leader on what to do with it. And keeping your cool means, let's take, let's take five. I want to go and reflect upon this and go forward. Most people will say, yeah, because most people want a good solution. You got to go for a soda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a song. I know. All right. Uh, as employees, there are a couple things we can do to assist. Do your job and provide whatever information or support is required. We don't want to aggravate the situation. We want to help the situation, provide everything that's needed to hopefully get the process going. Yeah. You know what? I, as we always do in these things, it is um, the things that we talked about as a manager also apply across the board. Um, so, um, you know, I would, I would add as a first one, watch your feelings because, you know, observers in situations can easily be swept up into it. And so um, to your point, what can I bring to this situation that can help us get to a good conclusion? What are the things that are maybe missing? What's the question that needs to be asked that can maybe stabilize this situation a little bit? You can be an active contributor to the situation. What support is required? Um, you can step into that for sure. Uh, and it also starts with your own energy because it's easy to get swept up in the swirl of a couple of managers that are battling it out. And kind of the next step in that, don't gossip or push a negative narrative about what's going on. Do not uh, take sides. Don't uh, gossip and throw things around because that's just going to build that negative energy and nothing is going to get done. Where, you know, it's it's sometimes the employees that keep the business going, keep the job going, and and hopefully the bosses see that. Because chances are the boss on the other side, you might have worked for them before. You might work for them in the future. Mm. You probably work projects with their people. So it's really important that we don't push that negative uh, narrative. Yeah. And it's this is tricky, right? Because it's your boss that's saying to you. I mean, you can say things like, um, Alistair, I, I, send, I, I see you're really frustrated by this situation. Even saying that is a stabilizer because it allows you to say, yeah, I'm frustrated. So, so what, what, what most makes you frustrated? What's the stuff? Help me understand so, uh, that. So go to, um, exploration, help them explore it versus saying, oh, yeah, I know. That's, you know, jumping onto it with regards to it. And don't pass anything on what you do to help 
and what your conversations you're involved in is the conversation you're involved in. It's not something you should be, you should be sharing. Sometimes also, uh, one thing that someone has said is that that's been helpful for me is, huh, wow. That, that does sound very frustrating. It's, 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 it hasn't been my experience with that person. So I wonder what's going on. Uh, that one's a little trickier because it's disagreeing with your boss, but you are telling your truth. It's not my experience. And what do you think might be behind it is, again, a question to help your manager begin to explore themselves. Because usually when the heat is rising, you're not thinking of any solutions or, uh, or seeking to understand what's behind it. And I think uh, just asking the question, what can I do to help? Well, this person, this person's just being an idiot. And blah, blah. No. What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. What can I help to move this along? Mm-hmm. Is there some tasks? Is there some information you need? I want to move, you know, we all want this to be sorted out. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help mm-hmm. you? And bring, you know, that positive energy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a team member, you have an opportunity to do that because often managers have so much swirling around. They're managing multiple crises. And so if you can be a somewhat of a stabilizer, I think it's a beautiful thing. And stay away from the us and them mentality. Those people on the other team with that other boss, they're crazy. They're wrong. It's, it's terrible. No, we got to stay away from that because we're all in the same organization, right? We all work for the same team. Mm-hmm. We might be on somebody's specific team, but we all work for the same company or organization. Yeah, it's tough, you know, because there are those uh, standard divisions, right? You know, I've had a couple of conversations recently with folks of sa- the typical sales and operations group. You know, where um, they both have really good intentions, but sometimes just because of even what they do, they're a bit at crosshairs as to how they approach things. Sales is about getting the numbers, getting the volume up. Operations is about maybe providing the stuff to deliver to the customer. And sometimes those can be crunchy. Um, if you have early conversations and say, okay, what are you trying to achieve? What are we trying to achieve? And where do we need to connect? And how do we, that's going to help a lot. But it's easy to fall into the us and them. Sales always does this. Oh, operations are always saying no and getting in the way. I mean, those are typical stories that we hear. Don't fall into the typical stories. Understand the specific situation. Help people go to the facts, not the stories. And, um, it, it, it that one of the things I, I love is the whole idea of facts and stories. And often we jump to stories and not facts. And we need to start with facts and watch those stories. And provide advice when appropriate. If you feel comfortable and you actually have something to say and you think it's going to help the situation. Yeah, and again, it's tough depending on the environment that your leader and your organization has created. The best organizations that I'm dealing with are ones that uh, – create that brave, that ability to bring advice forward. Uh, You know, what's true for me in this situation is this. uh, Would it be okay if I provided a a perspective? Um, Here's a couple things that I am aware of, and here's what I'm hearing now, and then be able to give advice. So you can do that if your organization is open to it. If your boss is really closed and grumpy and angry and egotistical, because we do know that there are some that may be more challenging, but you need to find ways in which to help move that forward. Uh, this is, you know, there's a couple of things here. The next couple uh, points are a little uh, sensitive. 
Keep whatever lines you can of communication open. Could be with other members of the team, with your boss, people on the other team. Uh, you know, we all, and this is another one of those sensitive things because you don't want the appearance that you're not um, loyal. Mm-hmm. But communication, like we need to solve this problem, this this backlog, this log jam, whatever you want to call it, this conflict, and keeping the lines of communication open. It might be something really benign, like, "Hey, Greg, how's it going? Uh, That's a bad meeting. Hey, yeah, um, listen." We got to work this out and I don't know what you can do. I don't know what I can do, but uh, that's what I want it to happen in this situation. And it, it's a sensitive thing, but we all have to keep the lines of communication open. Yeah, you know, I think that's really smart because uh, I'm, I'm sure you've been in this situation. I have been where uh, my boss and the other team's boss just did not like each other and they were on a, they were in a row, but everybody else below them were good. And they found workarounds, and it was it was ineffective for sure. Uh, but maintaining those relationships allowed stuff to get done, and uh, so always keeping the lines of communications across, especially when there's churn happening, is always good because then they can influence on the other side. They can provide perspectives, so uh, and and uh, calm the storm. I've had a situation where myself and somebody from the other team solved the issue, and then. We both went to my boss, then we both went to their boss. And just because we were together, and it's obvious that the rest of the teams were 100% behind what we were doing, we kind of put them in a position in a nice way that, hey, we've come up with a solution. The two of us, everybody else helped out. We're good. And we didn't explain it to them both in the same room because that wasn't going to happen. But spending some time with one, letting them know that we're going to come and talk to them. So kind of slide into the situation. And that's how we worked out a very difficult situation. And it was kind of conquer and divide, but fully informed. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And if you need support, reach out. If you need some help, if you need to talk to somebody, then do so. Yeah. You know, because there there are those folks that are, you know, we talked about the the storm coming through and the impact that that can have. And uh, in the worst scenarios, it can be, um, really disabling just to be in this situation. You know, you just don't know what to do. And so there are things like, you know, human resources. There are resources that can help you uh, um, both manage through those challenging situations and also maybe increase your voice. So uh, it might just be having a close friend. We always talk about those inner circles that we should all have or that trusted community, that small group that's either in your organization, uh, your department, or maybe somewhere else that you just, it's a safe place that you can express how you're feeling and get insights on how to manage it. That's cool. And uh, sometimes uh, that person, it's good if they maybe have worked in that area before or have experienced this before. Those types of situations are really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've said this last point in a couple different podcasts. And, uh, you know, if the situation is a long-term thing and it isn't healthy for you, maybe it's time to move on. And I, I've seen this a couple of times. Um, I've done it. It's, it's a big step. But if this thing, if this thing isn't working, if, uh, it's hard to do your job, nothing's getting done and there seems to be nothing being done about it. There's no talking, there's no movement. Maybe at a certain point you've got to, you know, kind of leave, find somewhere else that where it's a better working environment. And I've seen that happen a few times, you know, people are going, Hey, what happened with that person? Well, what do you think happened? Mm. You know, 
Like a good person just walked out the door. A person with a lot of subject matter expertise just walked out of the door. Yeah. And you know what? We always say in the show that if you can try to contribute, try to, try to, um, make a difference in the situation. If you can't and you're leaving, the only other thing I would say is, you know, there's exit interviews and no one ever wants to be truthful on exit interviews. However, you're never going to help the situation unless you're not honest through the exit interviews. And especially if you tried to contribute things going forward, I mean, they're tricky, right? Because you're always worried about what, what will happen. Will someone have a vendetta against you or whatever and those types of things. But there's ways in which you can contribute, think, be thoughtful around how you want to give feedback that can help that uh, team strengthen even further. That's cool. Uh, wrap up. Yeah, you know, I think um, this is interesting because uh, we've done a couple on a little bit around conflict and, you know, emotions are okay. Conflict is okay. Disagreements um, strengthen, uh, ideas often, but it's how you do it. And so the general thing that, that we've, I think the key, key insights through this conversation is first of all, know yourself and how your energy shows up. And when you're going down the pathway of annoyance, frustration, um, anger, whatever those things that are going to possibly create the face-off situations. Secondly, once knowing it, um, develop the skill to be able to share it in a respectful, helpful way. Um, and if you can't get past it, pre-prepare and have a pathway or, or a mediator that you trust that can help. Because in the end, they're not bad, but the faster you can work through the differences and understand and find pathways forward, the better it will be for you health health-wise, emotionally, uh, physically, uh, mentally, all of those things, and the organization for all those same things plus productivity and going forward. It never wins to get in your locked in your place in a, in these face-offs. Find pathways to have the face-off, but then get on with the game. Um, because if you're still stuck in the face-off, that's not going to help uh, anybody uh, win anything. So, I think for me, it's the rearview mirror scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've probably all been uh, involved in this situation. Maybe we're involved in the face-off or maybe we're just one of the team members that has to put up with it. But I think for you know managers and senior leaders that have been in this situation – you got to review what happened in your own mind. You have to make the decision that you do not want to go to that place again. And, you know, it, it happens, you know, conflict, discord. But if you don't learn from it, that's just stupid. Mm. And I think it's so important if you've been in one of these situations, you look back and you review and you own what you did wrong and decide that you do not want to be in that situation again. Because there's people that rely on you. There's people on the team's customers, whoever you serve, I just think it's so important that you just take a moment, more than a moment, some time, and maybe even talk about it with somebody else and and take own, own your half of it because both parties are at fault. Or if there's three parties, I don't know. But own it, review it, and make the decision that you do not want this to happen again. I love that. And, you know, you add to the thing in there that's really important is to um, engage others to help you with it, you know. I have Josette. She now has told me my tell. 
but but what it does is it 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 helps me connect to my feelings, my energy a lot faster. It helps me to be more honest as to what I'm really feeling and and it's helping me to express myself more clearly, which helps everything. Um, so uh, you're right. It, we're going to make mistakes. You know, we talk about this. Uh, there's going to be errors that we make and things that we fall down on, but it's what we do with it and how we learn from it and how we engage others to support us to on that journey to becoming a, a better manager, a better leader. If there's only somebody in this room that was good at doing these things, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're all on a journey, frankly, to do that. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, listen, folks, uh, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry. But I think, Greg, for sure, your philosophy falls very well in this episode. Yeah, this is a, a beautiful gift that my first coach gave me. And she described that during our coaching sessions, the best sessions are one where you leave with a little bit of churn, a little bit of peeved of, of what was said, and also a little bit of joy. And at first I didn't understand that. I thought, what do you mean? I'm supposed, these are supposed to make me feel good. Uh, but, but actually, um, what makes you a better person is often the things that bubble up as churn or anger that's frustrating you. Those are what you talked about earlier, Alistair, as being the learning moments. Those are the things that normally tell us there's something in here to explore. So we hope in, in, our, in our episodes, our podcasts, that you have a little churn, that you have some things that you want to explore, and you have a little joy of things you're saying, hey, you know what? I am making traction on that. Both are amazing as long as you choose to do something with it. Uh, okay. I think we're going to do a double call out. I just checked my phone. I'm pretty sure I haven't said these two cities yet. I might have. It's been a lot of episodes. But Calgary, Alberta and Chicago. Welcome to the club. The Windy City and uh, Calgary. Well, I lived in Calgary for a while, so that's pretty cool. And the Windy City, Chicago, uh, that is fantastic. So uh, welcome and thank you for listening. And folks, uh, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, Greg and I are in the same room doing this podcast with our new friends at Staples in the studio. Uh, they have a podcast studio here at Dorval Crossing. And uh, we're not sure how it's going to sound. We're going to find out later on tonight when I start editing it. But Greg and I, we did a couple episodes in, I think, January or February of 2020 in his basement. We ne Those never went to air. They're just for uh, figuring out how to do it. And we had very... Uh, rudimentary equipment to do it. And then COVID happened. So we had to retask and over the course of, I don't know, six, 12 months, we figured out how to get the best sound possible uh, for our situation. So this is the first time, I think we went to air July 5th, 2020. So this has been the first time that we've sat in the same room to record this podcast. Well, I have to tell you, for me at least, I'm an extrovert, but uh uh, this is fantastic. I love the energy. Actually being sitting across from each other and having a conversation, uh, it reminds me how good this is. I mean, Zoom is great, and we've had some great conversations in there, but this is just for me, It's it's been a, a treat. Thanks. Feels like we're on the radio or something. Yeah. Even though nobody's listening at this point. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, um, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.